You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies. Oh, I'm over here. I keep looking at the wrong mic thing. I gotta rearrange everything. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Jordan here. Uh, welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Uh, Jordan with the Silent PH, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Hello, Mr. Lucian. Hello, everybody. Um, Good morning. It's been a long time. So yeah, we're happy to be back. It's, it's very exciting. Isn't it uh, weird though for us? We it was only two shows that we missed, but we never typically miss a lot of shows. So when we missed two in a row, it felt like a year had gone by since we talked. Like you know, yeah. normally we're just like every week we we get to talk, we get to catch up, we get yeah, to and like notes. it's it's like a ritual yeah. for me and you too because we yeah. live on opposite sides of the United States, so it's like really mm-hmm. easy to, uh, you know, we like we'll we'll chat text wise throughout the day on discord or something but usually it's like yeah hey did you see this news article for the show like oh yeah <laughs> um yeah really excited got We're lots here. of stuff to talk about uh it's free rpg day yes june 24th best holiday the best holiday it's christmas in june no uh yeah. it's so fun i wish more people would uh participate in this so my local game stores i think there are four um, it, they downsized nice. RPG day from four, like four of them used or like three of them used to participate now, then two of them. And now it's just this one store holding on to it. Oh, um, oh. and so I, I don't know. It, it makes me a little sad cause I'm like, Oh, but if you go to free RPG day, if, if you can find somebody participating, mm-hmm. um, Goodman games has a DCC game out there. Uh, ninth level games has a mazes intro which is that weird game that we played at mm-hmm. Gen Con. Um, that was kind of fun. Uh, Free League has a Dragon Bane quick start, which is, that go. game looks real cool. Like, talk about a D&D killer. Like, I don't know, that's been on the news a lot, where everyone's like, is this the game that's going to usurp yeah, D&D? Did a video and I, I was like, I don't, I don't think it'll ever usurp. I don't, yeah, we'll, we talk about that a little later, but um, in like the, the, there's no more editions of D&D, but Dragon Bane is, uh, looks really good. So yeah, go support. Um, if you follow me on uh, the social medias, I'll be going there immediately after this show and picking up stuff and saying hi to people uh, and really excited to do that. I am going to so. our local game store right after the show also. Nice. It's like my ritual is like we get done with the show and I say, okay, Jordan, I'm going to get lunch. Well, my game store is right next to where I like to go get lunch. So oh, it's like fun. I go to the game store, I get to browse right after the show, see everything, and then I can go right to get my lunch. And All hyped great, up. Great little thing. Nice. <laughs> um, what's Origins? That's the big game convention that's happening yeah. this week at Columbus, Ohio. I just I, thought I saw, I've, for the first time, I saw a bunch of people posting about it, and it was yeah. coming up. Because, I mean, we're big Gen Con, we're big PAX Unplugs, we're big PAXs. Well, so and those, those feel like the big ones in. to me. Yeah, but yeah. when we talked to uh, our our Goodman Games gentlemen that were here, mm-hmm. um, they were like, oh, man, Gary Con's like the one to go to. And I was like, oh, yeah. like, I guess I should yeah. try and go to some of these. And so then people were talking about Origins and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh, because uh, I guess as a West Coast kid, like, it's PAX. That's kind of the big thing. And then, yeah, right. to like. To, so uh, I was curious about this. I saw that Seth Skorkowski was there. I think a bunch of other people mm-hmm. kind of like were popping in. Maybe uh, Kelsey from the Shadow Dark RPG that she wrote. I think she might nice. be there. So if you're at Origins this weekend, Columbus, Ohio, go say hi to those yeah. people. I just want to say, yeah, I was going to say hello to all those people at Origins. There was a lot of people doing live streaming over there. Oh, fine. I saw a lot of pictures with booths and like it's all the kinds of same booths you might see at Gen Con. It was getting me that kind of pre-Gen Con feeling going. So as yeah. I was looking through that Twitter feed, and I was like, oh, so a bunch of people out there having fun. I like that it's a big game fest. I saw lots of stuff that looked like a lot of board game stuff. So maybe it's, I don't know, I haven't been to it yet, but maybe it's board game heavy or just the ones that happen to be popping up or mostly board game stuff. But I saw some cool stuff that looked like, ooh, it made me excited. So yeah, that is happening. Columbus, Ohio. I didn't know where it was, so I looked it up just to see. And they are a four-day also. They started on Thursday, and they did Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So their show's running just as long as a Gen Con show. So that, that's great. That means it must be pretty big. So very interesting. Let us know if you guys are going. Let us know how you thought it was. I love it. Um, boy, uh, how about this Tales of the Valiant? Yeah. yeah I, 
I didn't know if we'd put any more Kickstarters in there, but you know, we good friends with Celeste and we've been talking about what Cobalt Press has been doing ever since the big fiasco and then where mm. they moved. And so they finally put their Kickstarter out. And we talked about this right at the beginning of the month, you know, in May as it started up, because typically these things run for about a month and they made $1.15 million for yeah. a Cobalt Press. I think that's that's definitely their highest that I've seen. I went back and looked through their other projects. They did a Heroes book that was a 5e Heroes book not too long ago, too. And it had about three three 350000 or right around in there. So this one seems like a big win for Cobalt Press to put out. And their little catchphrase is what I really wanted to bring up and, and kind of see what you thought about it. It says, keep all the best of 5e D&D and adds a Cobalt Press spin to the well-loved game. It combines the creative commons foundations of fifth edition with new elements to create a powerful cobalt style 5e with teeth. Yeah. So it's definitely creative commons. They didn't, you know, it doesn't say anything about orc or any of the other ones. Right. So they must've just went right back to using the creative commons that um, wizards of the coast, you know, released after the big Bruja and then, have been putting their, or about right. They're going to well. So the orc license is Paizo. I just, I, I think yeah. I also get confused with Paizo. Maybe you didn't, or, but uh, Cobalt Press yeah, and Paizo. Yeah. So the orc license is Paizo, and they're kind of using that orc license to uh, just bring together all of the designers. But um, no, you're right. Tales of the Valiant. There might be an orc license. They were the version black flag that comes up. They were yeah. black flag. There might be an orc version that comes out at some point, but like they're going the same route where they're like, it's it's the people's game. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna make our coolest version out there because one of the reasons that D and D is so cool is that it's um, so community driven. You know, like I don't a lot of D and D players and especially GMs are creators. Like they want to make a setting, they want to make a combat, they want to do this. And that act of creation is different than consuming a video game, you know? Uh, Think about Minecraft, Legos, all those. uh, Like, there are so many toys out there that are just like, here are the building blocks to make your own toys. And Mm -hmm. I always loved those as a kid. Like, I think Neverwinter Nights, my favorite thing was the module thing that you could create your own modules within. And so it's interesting that D&D had that as a foundation, like... You're, right. Go make your even Gary Gygax. He's like, why would you play in Greyhawk? Go make your own world, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But this is I I heard Celeste on the Mastering Dungeon podcast, which is um, another D and D podcast that I've been listening to, and she guessed on there. So I caught that interview, and she said that the I think it was like the Deep Magic was their last biggest Kickstarter. And this is pretty much like more than double that one. So this is like the most money they've made on a Kickstarter, Um, which is so cool for a company like one, you know, and I guess I think back to uh, Colville and like, he's like, I'm going to make this book and it raised a million dollars. It was like, what? And so this is, you know, similar. It's really, it's really fun. Um, And they do such good work and they're so hardworking and you can tell like the team like loves the game. So yeah. Very excited for this. I've been following Ted's like Black Flag Friday kind of mm-hmm. reviews and stuff. And uh, and like we're going to have digital versions of this. It's going to be around. This is their, you know, the next 10, if not 15 years of mm-hmm. uh, Cobalt Press is going to just support this till forever, you know? Yeah. And I do feel like this is that example of the success of a, of a third-party company where... <laughs> the 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 money pinchers of the wizards of the coast marketing team or money team look at that and go they just made 1.5 million you know 1.15 million dollars off of that because do you think if this was the exact same thing but they were using the cipher system do you think it would be a 1.15 million dollar kickstarter oh no because People like 5e, you know? Like and I love Cypher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I love Cypher too, but I, I think it's the... And I also think there was, you know, after the OGL, it was that big scary of like, they're trying yeah. to take this away from us in a way. And so this is this is our way of them not being able to ever take it away from us. Uh, I, I've been working on a small video um, with Lex's 5b game. 
and we played uh, D&D 5B, and I've been playtesting it, and it's been a lot of fun. But he had a game session where he had three 5B characters and three uh, Wizards of the Coast 5E characters, and the game worked together really well. So a lot of us are talking, like, will I be able to use the 2024 Wizards of the Coast 5e with the 2014 5e? Does the 2014 5e work with Tales of the Valiant? And because we've kind of reached this vernacular of games, I think that it will, or with minimal conversion, you can make it work. And so Mm -hmm. this, like the fact that Tales of the Valiant exists is just going to be like, oh my gosh, I could make all these different supplements. And they kind of work within this ecosphere of D&D. Professor Dungeon Master on YouTube made a video too after Bob Wildbuilder talked about a bunch of stuff saying, like, what are we going to call the 2024 edition of, of D&D? And it's like, well, it's all just D&D at this point. Like, and, and I don't think mm-hmm. Wizards wants to make another edition because of edition wars and things like that. And he made a really good point of saying they want this to be like the rules going forward and just like now we can make Jurassic Park Monopoly or Star Wars Monopoly. And I'm looking at at Magic the Gathering. We're going to have Walking Dead Magic the Gathering and Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering. They don't want, uh, whether this happens or not, I should say, who knows? Like, nobody knows the future. But I, I know mm-hmm. what Wizards of the Coast wants. And they want the mm-hmm. rule set to be, this is the rule set going forward. And with this, we will, like, do little spins on it and get people to rebuy it when it's like Lord of the Rings D&D or uh, Walking Dead D&D or something. So I, I don't know. I'm curious to see uh, where this is going to go. But And hello, AJ. Okay. Welcome. Thank you for the donation. Uh, Mr. AJ Pickett. And normally Wizards of the Coast would be that type of company, large corporate company that's doing, you know, a game company like this. Most of the time it would be claimed that it would be benefit them to do addition wars. Because then they could say, oh, well, fifth edition's over. We're going to do sixth edition. You guys got to buy all your new books. Ha ha, you got to buy a bunch of new books and we'll do sixth edition for 10 years. And then we'll do seventh edition. They'll buy all new books again. You know, like, but that's not really the route that we've kind of seen them want to go. It it just seems more like they want to keep that term, like the Kleenex term, or, you know, they want role-playing game to keep the name Dungeons and Dragons. And that way, their name is always kind of referred to, even though we might be talking about playing other games, yeah. it's still in the vernacular of, oh, we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons? Well, I mean, it's Pathfinder, but yeah, it's kind of like Dungeons, you know, if you're explaining it to somebody who, who doesn't know. And so I think that's, they're just trying to, like you said, I don't think they want to have a version. I don't think they want to, I think Microsoft went through this, Apple went through this, they all go through this. Let's stop calling it the iPhone 12. Let's just call it this thing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Get away well, from and the numbering. It's yeah, you're right. And I think that their mindset is like we should operate it I see that mindset of like let's operate it like technology. Like, oh, we'll make Windows eleven, we'll make Windows fourteen, yeah. we'll make Windows whatever. But the problem is is that uh the people still play BXD and D. It's not like yeah. the technology is outdated and we have to upgrade because I mean how many people don't want to upgrade their operating system? They're like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, but Windows 10 just works. I don't want to do this, you know. They, but they're forced into it, um, yeah. and it's the the problem is is like table. It's not a problem from my point of view, but it, the tabletop industry. It's like we could still play those older games. Like you still yeah. have them. Well, I think it's but, a symptom of large companies. They hire marketing strategists, but marketing strategists work like the tech companies but they try to apply that philosophy to the game company. Like, and you're yeah. like, Hey, if you actually understood the the area and field you were in, you would realize you didn't have to do that, but they're just hiring these people that have gone through college of, you know, I'm a marketing strategist and this is what marketing strategists do. We make our name this, we don't put a, a version at the name of it. We don't put a yeah. year at the end. You know, it's like, so they just get, once it's big enough, that's the people they're hiring to try to do their marketing. So they get the same advice. Yeah. No Hasbro and, Wizards of the Coast, somebody brought this up to me in a Discord. We were chatting about it. Um, This was a while back, but it comes to mind. And they were just like, I don't believe that Wizards of the Coast is a game company. And so it was weird that you were like, oh, they're a game company. Because they don't innovate and make games. They have their intellectual property, and they refine that and keep regurgitating it out. But there's nothing new. You know, they have magic and D&D. 
Whereas I look over at uh, Monty Cook games and he's got, you know, Cypher system. We've then, or we made Numenera, we broke off into Cypher. We did a superhero version. Like he's Invisible Sun. We're actively making games and and role-playing games, but not even that. Like they, they bra- I think they branched into some like smaller board games. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember now. It's just on their website. But, um, but he's actively making content like other mm-hmm. games where it's like, yeah, we'll have D and D we'll have some adventures, but, oh, and here's the new magic set, but they're not making another card game. Like they're not making a board game and same with Hasbro. Well, like, they are they making board games? Are they making, well, like uh, even the transformers RPG Hasbro owns transformers, but they license that out Based to renegade it. studios yeah. to make their RPG. Same with GI Joe. That's what they are. They're and license so it's, holders. It's they're point. license holders. So to think of them as yeah. a game company, I'm like, but you don't make games anymore. Like you just <laughs> have you're a dragon sitting on a horde of intellectual property that you occasionally let go out so that more money can come back in. Uh, yeah. And not to but, say I mean, that Baldur's the game Gate. designers of D&D are bad. Like, I still love Chris Perkins and Jeremy Crawford. And I think yeah. they're doing great things with the brand. But it's I, – I really want to push that mindset of, like, but when was the last new thing they made, you know? And I'm even thinking about that Dungeons & Dragons Onslaught game. WizKids is yeah. making that for them. Like, they, they're not – making games you know that themselves they're it looks like they are because they have these brand deals around but it's like are you so yeah so i i see what you're saying so like you could even say ballers gate 3 which is coming out on pc you don't consider that them even though they probably are helping with consulting of the oh IP, yeah they're they're involved but or they're not yeah they didn't so make it they didn't write the story I get you. like yeah so none of the games none of the computer games count for you. Okay. Correct. And I did see, I was just in my game store. You can check when you're at yours. I just saw a Monopoly game that was Dungeons and Dragons based, but you wouldn't put that with them either. You would try to look for the company that did it. Is that yeah. what you're saying? No, that's my I point. See. Yeah. It's and like in the movie. That's not them either. That's that's Paramount. Yeah. Paramount. yeah. Like, so they are a license holder at that point. Like they, they invested in that movie. I'm not saying that they didn't, but like, they're not, um, they're not making new things and they haven't made new things since Hasbro acquired them because their new thing was wizards of the coast and, or magic, the gathering and then magic, the gathering bought D and D and like saved it or wizards of the coast. Sorry. Lots of words. Uh, and then Hasbro bought wizards and now it's just like, that's what Hasbro does though. Like they don't make new games. They just like reissue monopoly again, but this time well, it's transformers. Toy monopoly. Company, right. Well, and, yeah, and, they make toys. And yeah. Toys and, so. Yeah. <laughs> But I don't always know. Been anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. those like license holders. But yeah, I think it's I think it's an interesting viewpoint to think of. You know, call me right or wrong, who knows? Mm. Um, but Tales of the Valiant, one point one five million. Uh, this is going to be huge. I'm very excited to see what comes out of this. So, yeah. there's two books. There's a monster book and a player's book. They look pretty big. Um, it looks like it's going to have lots of stuff in it, and. I know from all the Cobalt Press stuff I have, usually their monsters hit a little bit harder. They're a little bit, I would say, their the CR is monsters closer are to nicer, what you think yeah. your CR should be. Yeah. Or it, it definitely makes it a little bit more of a challenge. So if you're looking for a challenge for your for your players, um, I've always found Cobalt Press stuff great. So I'm excited to see what, what happens with this and, and where, where it goes. It's gonna be awesome. How long it's going to take them to, to get it done. Um, the lot, all their stretch goals must have been met at this point. I don't think they ever thought they were going to make one one million, but yeah, yeah, they did it. You could add stretch goals later too. So, but but definitely keep an eye out um, and watch the show, and we'll keep reporting on it. <laughs> uh, but speaking of monsters, excuse me, this was a this was a hidden find that I was like, wait, this exists. So, Monty Cook Games wanted to basically do what. D&D Beyond does, and before that, Kobold Fight Club, where it would put all of these oh, different yeah. sources of monsters into a um, filterable website, and you could say, I'm running a dungeon that is in a swamp, and I need mm-hmm. monsters that are this tough, and then it would show you a list of monsters and what books they're in so you can go find them, and it was really great for making encounters. Well, uh, Monty Cook did that for the Cypher system. And they, you can go to their website, and they have a monster finder. 
and it doesn't give you the stats, but it tells you like, here's where the monster is. And I'm like, that's, that's all I want. Nine times out of 10 is like, here's where the monster is. Uh, here's, and th they have a vibe and an environment and a motivation, which is really cool. So it's like, uh, you go and you're like, oh, uh, fallen angel. The vibe is horror fantasy. The environment can be anywhere. Motivation is vengeance. And then where do I find this monster? It's in the cipher system rulebook. And so you can just go through and sort them by level. And monsters in Cypher are kind of interesting. Well, they are by level. So I think you're mm -hmm. level 1 to 10. And then you always times that by 3. Uh, that's how Cypher system works. So um, a level 10 monster is probably the equivalent of a CR 30 monster in D&D. &D. Right. Um, not a 1 to 1 equivalent, but from system to system, it's that scary kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But I thought that was really cool because, and I, you know, if I was running Cypher, this would be amazing. Like, I would just like, oh, my gosh, I can select an environment. I want a more coastal monster. I do that, and all of a sudden I have this, you know, deep one Lovecraftian fish-human hybrid. Great. I need that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. and, and Monty Cook and that whole team make great creature stuff. They, they really do. interesting, provocative art, interesting reasons for those creatures to exist or cultures or whatever. They always put that Monty Cook twist on everything that just mm -hmm. makes it really interesting, so... That's awesome. Yeah. This, like, I'm just looking. Here's a level four monster called a raster, which is a biochemical creature that uses anti-gravity suspen suspensors. Suspen suspensors? Uh, and, and it's large <laughs> wings to carry itself aloft. It hungers for flesh, and it's in Numenera. And I'm like, great. Yeah. I love it. Sounds totally Numenera-ish. Um, so... Check it out. It's uh, it's monicookgames.com slash, uh, well, you can just search for it, but it's uh, the Cypher System Creature Search. And I think it's not getting a lot of attention um, because if you want to run a Cypher game, it's that's what you needed, I feel. Like, it's really, because mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I used Kobold Fight Club back in the day to make yeah. encounters. Before it just helped beyond, so sure. much to make encounters, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think Matt Colville did one that's an adventure search lookup that's basically the same kind of thing. You're like, oh, I've got this party there, fifth level. I want it to be kind of a woodsy yeah. adventure. And then it would you'd punch all that in. And be like, oh, here's all these adventures that kind of yeah. meet your thing. And then you could go buy them or purchase them or do whatever you want to yeah. do at that point. And I thought that's another really cool resource similar that um, maybe doesn't get as much. Uh, yeah, because like, how do I know what adventures to get? And if I can just go to a website, it's like here, here, yeah. here, and here. And, and you would cool, think yeah, that drive-through RPG would have something like that. Because it's he like- He said that in the video, he's making that website. He's like, you would think they'd have this, so I made it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just dumb where I look at people yeah. and I'm like, how did you not, like, this is literally your business. You're trying to sell these adventures. Why don't you make it easier yeah. to sell those adventures? But yeah. Give us filters to find your products um, in meaningful ways. I love it. <laughs> and I'm not a programmer. I can't do this. I, you know, but um, I, we kind of talked about this already. Like uh, people were saying, what is the next version of, of the Dungeons and Dragons 2024 is going to be called? And um, is this but the final edition of D&D? What you think? What? We didn't hear where you think it's going to land, though. Where, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think they'll call it 2024? Oh, the community. Um, no, but you. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, yeah, yeah. I, we're not thinking like what Wizards of the Coast. You're talking about just yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I will go with whatever the community decides to call sure. it. And you're right. Like, we don't know what the community will decide to call it because like, what's going to catch on? Um, but I'm leaning now that people are going to be like, they're either going to call it like 5.5 or like 5e plus. You know, they're going to be like, well, if you're familiar with 5e, it's really the same game, but there's some extra stuff. And I think we're going to get something like 5e plus or 5.5 or something like that, um, because it it has the same construction in the sense of proficiency bonuses and, uh, you know, like 20 levels and six stats and things like that. Saving throws. All of that really is the same. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been talking to a guy at the game store that I've been playing with about DCC days, and we're going to run a bunch of adventures. He's like, well, I've never ran DCC. Is it hard? And I'm like, well, no. Like, if you know 3.5 D&D, you got it. Like, I don't know. There's some extra mm -hmm. tables to roll on, but it's not it's not hard. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll just run it. So somebody who hasn't played Dungeon Crawl Classics but, like, doesn't feel intimidated by it because he, like, knows the kind of environment of RPGs. And so... 
Um, yeah. And then, like I was saying, I do think this is going to be the final edition and we'll get minor tweaks to the rules digitally as we need minor tweaks, much like Magic the Gathering. And then occasionally we'll get printed books as like a collector's edition. So I don't know. Makes sense. And then speaking of collector's edition, Beetle and Grimm announced uh, their deluxe edition of Shatter- the Shattered Obelisk, um, which <laughs> looks really cool. It's like $400, I think. <laughs> it's pretty expensive, but it comes with a bunch of WizKids miniatures and other things like that. Um, and with how cool Beetle and Grimm has been to me lately and just like their products mm-hmm. and stuff, I I really think it's a cool company, Matthew Lillard and all them. Like the whole team does incredible work. It is completely out of my price range for an RPG product. But mm-hmm. uh boy is it awesome. Like if you have the money or if you can convince your your group, like, hey, we're gonna play Ravenloft and then you can buy the Ravenloft deluxe version. Um, it's kind of a fun experience, you know? And when you think about it, like six people sitting down at a table pitching in 40 bucks, all of a sudden you have enough money for it. So I was going to say, and that's a good point that I don't think we've ever made. If you're doing Beatles and Grimm's, it's for the people that play at the table together. I don't know if you really would get Beatles and Grimm's if you're running a Zoom call or you're running. Oh yeah, no, I would. I definitely want to be at the table because the whole point is props and maps and that. Yeah, they know. give you physical things to interact with, and that's yeah. what they're bringing to the table. So that price sounds like it's a lot, but you, it's just because they're bringing these cool things to hand out. And they had like um, the faction badges, which sounded cool. They had a bunch of battle maps that they were adding yeah. in there. They had some miniatures that were coming with it. They had a DM screen that you could put up a specialized DM screen. So there's all kinds of like physical things you were going to get with it that would be at your table and help with handouts and um, spell cards and magic cards that all revolve around that adventure, which is that kind of redone Fandelver adventure that they're going to be releasing, I believe, in October. It's not redone. It's a sequel. Yeah. So yeah. To the original. Yeah. The starter. Oh, yeah. 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 So that'd be. So I think it was really cool. And I like that they. They really kind of go out of their way. You, you can go to their website and you can listen to them talk about when they created the company and like their philosophy behind what they were doing. And it, I think if you go into it like that and then you can make your decision on your purchase, it makes sense versus somebody who just doesn't know any of that and says $400. What are we trying to spend $400 on this? Yeah. Part? I think if you, you kind of dive into what the company's doing, you, you can make a, a informed decision then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they also have a bunch of Pathfinder stuff too. I I should point that out. Like if you want like really nice books of wizard spells and stuff, like, uh, like I said, I don't actively play Pathfinder, but I was like, man, that that's really cool. Like if I, I would be like, yeah, I want to play a wizard and show up with my, like, you're missing out on Pathfinder 2E. (laughs) You started playing it. You might get addicted. I probably would. It sounds fun. (laughs) Uh, that's, uh, yeah, we haven't talked about this, but, um, the last month or so, I've been doing these uh, Friday night RPG nights at my local game store. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of got pulled into a random Discord where somebody recognized who I was on YouTube and figured out where I lived. And they were like, hey, you should like come play games with us at this store. And so then I got pulled in, and then a lot of people are really friendly, and they're like, hey, we're we're trying to you know organize these these one-shots to get people to play RPGs. And uh, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Um, And one of them was like a super Pathfinder guy. And he's been like pushing to get people to play Pathfinder. And I'm like, well, if any, you, you love it enough that I want to try it with you. Like it sounds really fun. So that's on my list to play is definitely Pathfinder with him. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, We played a, a, what was it? Scum and Villainy, which is kind of the, the Star Warsy without the serial numbers on it. Uh, Blades mm-hmm. in the Dark game, and that was really yeah. fun. Um, and then last night, I went to my first Call of Cthulhu game, which uh, we've talked about on the show that I'm like, I really want to play Call of Cthulhu, and I have the starter set, and I have a bunch of the other things, but I never, I don't know Call of Cthulhu enough to, I'm like, am I doing it right? Like, are we getting the right vibe? Are we being scary? Is this fun kind of a thing? Yeah. And, and say the uh, name yeah. of the game company, because there are several Cthulhu rpgs out there coming from different companies so when you say call of cthulhu and i'm trying to even remember the different the different we played seventh edition Um, chaosium 
Chaosium has. Yeah. So we we were so we the played Chaosium the Chaosium Seventh Edition Call of Cthulhu, uh, and what was the dice mechanic? Oh, uh, it's percentile dice for like everything. Percentile. So you have a you have six stats. You have a sanity stat and a luck stat and a bunch of other stuff, um, mm-hmm. and then you have specific skills. And so the interesting thing is that in in D anD D you would have uh, like a 16 strength and you're like, all right, cool. I've got a plus two. And then Mm -hmm. every strength, uh, whether you're good at it or not, you always would add plus two. But then if you're proficient, you would add your proficiency bonus. And that's how you get like the plus fives and the plus sixes to your attacks and things like that. With Call Mm -hmm. of Cthulhu, like I had a, uh, 65 in decks which you want to roll under that number so basically you look at it and you're so like you i have a 65 percent chance of succeeding so you want to yeah. roll under that number and uh but then you would go down and it's like but i have a zero in dodge so if they would ask me to do something very specific that number above didn't really apply and i was like well that's kind of interesting um mm-hmm. so i was a a priest which was really cool. And we were part of an invest, uh, uh, an investigator group. And we, our good friend, Larry went missing. He checked himself into, uh, the Arkham asylum to get some help with some mental, mental help. And then he sent us a letter saying he can't leave. And so we were like, Oh, we'll go investigate. And so we went and investigated and stuff. Lots of fun church. Lots of, (laughs) yeah. It was like lots of role play. Lots of just like, I don't know, just interesting cool stuff uh and with complete strangers that i've never met but i asked the dm the gm and i was like is this like your game of choice and she's like yeah this is all i play like i love this system i love the world i love the genre like it's so good and i was like that's great and one of the big mechanics is usually the insanity mechanic did that seem to come into play for this one shot this quick you know introduction did that yeah we actually we joked around too long and so she's like all right we have like 30 minutes left we can fast forward so you kind of get the whole story or mm-hmm. we can kind of keep it going slow. And we all opted to have it just fast forward because we wanted to like get to the end to, to experience mm-hmm. more of the mechanics. So yeah. uh, certain things you have to roll your sanity and you have to roll under your sanity. Um, but if you fail or even if you succeed, sometimes you'll lose sanity points. So, let's say I start at 50 sanity points, I have 50% chance of success, but the more you lose, the less chance you have of, of keeping sane. And it's not so mm-hmm. much like when you run out of sanity points, you're, you're done or you're insane. It's how much you lose in a session slash at once. So if you lose five or more sanity points, in one go, like something so horrific, which this happened mm-hmm. when the monster rose up out of the lake and we all were like, what do we do? I rolled very poorly. And then you have to roll a D4 to see how much you lost. And I rolled very poorly. And so I lost, I think, six sanity in one bop. And when that happens, you have to make an intelligence check to like hold on to yourself. And I failed that. So now I'm just like mm-hmm. this blabbering, like, I, uh, what do I do? And my this my colleagues had to like grab me and like pull me out of the, you know, like to save you know, me. And I was just completely useless. But that was fun. Like, it was really yeah. cool, you know? And I, I like the, the idea where combat is not super driven. Um, we're not going in guns a-blazing. We're asking questions and we're looking for clues and we're doing this. And so you look at your mm-hmm. your character sheet in a very different way. It's not like, what's my AC and how can I attack and where can I move? We were all very like, like, well, I'm a... It reminded me of like kids on bikes and stuff, honestly, where I'm like, well, I'm a priest um, and I'm looking at this painting. Would I have knowledge of that? And she's like, well, roll this. And it's like, oh, yeah, you do know that this painting was from this and there's something off about it. And so, uh, yeah, we had a we had a blast. It was lots of fun. And I, I got the sensation that the GM didn't want to murder my character. But I tried to be like, you, you don't know me, but I am OK 
with character yes. death. <laughs> like, this is a one shot. <laughs> We're fine. You're not going to turn me off of Call of Cthulhu. In fact, I'll like it more if you do kill my <laughs> yeah. character. Yeah. But I was annihilated in the first game. I yeah, I was, was like, so oh, I got picked up by the monster and my head exploded. I don't know. Like, it would yeah. be awesome. So, um, But yeah, we had to go rescue our friend Larry who was stuck in the asylum. And it got really creepy a couple times. It was super fun. So we had a blast. Very cool. Now I want to run it. I was like, oh, man, I got to run it for like Halloween or something. Like a fun... I feel like it's a very thematic, very cool. You could set the tone. You could set the place you're going to play in yeah. with lots of props and lighting effects and stuff that you could mm-hmm. really get into that that style. I think would be fun. And then we were talking about the leveling mechanic because there's no levels, but you can make yourself it's better people, at skills. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you can get better at your skills. So anytime we succeeded mm-hmm. at a skill, we would mark it down. And at the end of the session, you would roll percentile dice to roll over that skill so it's the only time that you want a higher number but the Mm -hmm. idea is that uh and then you could raise it up so if i if i rolled a a occult or something and i oh oh, i got an occult and i mark it off at the end of the night it's like oh my occult is 60 if i roll over 60 i can bump it up to 61 and then you get slightly better at things as you level up or as you like play the game uh, but the higher that number is, the harder it's going to be to get to roll over it, you know. And so mm-hmm. I, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, it's really fun. Um, but again, like that that's, system... it's so thematic. Like, the system's not yeah. difficult, but it it's very, I mean, it's just percentile stuff, which is, I think, Mothership's percentile. Like, it's, it's a really mm-hmm. straightforward way because you can look at your character sheet and say, oh, I have a 32% chance of succeeding. Cool. <laughs> Let's go. Maybe I'll make it. Maybe I won't. I feel like that would be a great system too. If I wanted to run like a um, X Files game, you know, like I was yeah. going to run a, a David Duchovny, because you really could get into all of their type of investigated things that they were doing, and sometimes it's going to mess with your insanity, and sometimes it turns out to be oh, it's a hoax, or sometimes there's an actual mm-hmm. reason. Sometimes there wasn't a reason. Sometimes it was supernatural. Sometimes it was weird or extraterrestrial, mm-hmm. or sometimes it was occult-like or you know, or whatever. So you could really play that whole thing. You don't have to just think, I'm playing Cthulhu, so everything revolves around Cthulhu. That system feels like it could, could really lend itself to some of those cool modern-day shows that you're really interested in. That have a lot yeah, of just paranormal investigators but yeah. not so much monster of the week where we know monsters yeah. exist but so much like yeah, yeah. x-files is a great example so yeah because they didn't fight a lot of stuff in x-files they maybe a shot or two here or there but mostly they're running yeah. around they're investigating they're talking to people they're unraveling what's going on and then yeah so. i did think it was interesting like we had hit points and i don't think you can increase your hit points a whole bunch um but the weapons all had like a d6 a d8 damage and i was like is that like a a carryover from D where we <laughs> feel like we have to have these because in my mind a call of cthulhu game it should just be like this does if you roll your uh you know because you have a, a a like rifle skill so i'm like if i if i succeed on my rifle skill it should be either how much did i succeed or <laughs> uh maybe you when you succeed a rifle does two harm you know, it was weird that we had uh, damage dice because like I was points, like, like, yeah, I was like, I, I feel like we just need levels of health as opposed to mm-hmm. hit points. But uh, but I, you know, I didn't design the game. So there you go. And and I'm sure if I play, maybe yeah. it makes more sense. But it felt like a weird holdover where I'm like, but we haven't fired a single weapon this entire game. Like, we've mm-hmm. all just been asking questions. Um, a fantasy fun. based percentile game is warhammer fantasy roleplay so if you're looking for you want you like that dice mechanic you like the way that sounds they have that dice mechanic so it is easy to understand well my sword skill is a 64 oh i'm probably pretty good with my sword but then my my dagger is a 32 we're like oh okay so maybe i don't want to use that too often but the other thing they do is low hit points too but they do exploding dice for damage and that makes it a pretty lethal game yeah. And I wonder if a lot of those games where they want that that lethality to be there, they'll keep those numbers down. But that game sounds more like two investigating. Nobody's fighting the Cthulhu monster. Either you find out it's there and then you tell somebody or you run away. Yeah. It doesn't seem like you're or you stop the ritual, but it's not like, oh, yeah, here's Cthulhu. Everybody pick your pitchfork up. We're going after him, you know, or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, no, it's in our game. our uh 
definitely our objective was save our friend Larry. Yeah. And when the monster rose out of the lake, we were like, get Larry faster and get out of <laughs> yeah. here was the idea. Like, oh, gosh, yeah, no, yeah. you know. Uh, and obviously, every game is different. Every game is not perfect. But sure. uh, this system felt like it worked really well for Call of Cthulhu, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to be a overpowered superhero in a fantasy setting, this probably isn't for you. But uh, yeah. I liked it a lot, you know. Um, and I like Blades in the Dark. But when we played Scum and Villainy, I was like, I just, this this world and is not as enticing to me as uh, the Blades in the Dark Victorian ghosts captured in electrical fields was you know um yeah. i just didn't want to like hop around on a big spaceship as as often uh but that's that's where setting really comes into play <laughs> yeah 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 makes total sense a couple of people that really like these call of cthulhu games i know cj um from don't stop thinking youtube he raves and raves about the call of cthulhu games and i know seth is the other one i, I believe really that's like his jam yeah that yeah. and uh so if you're traveler. looking for somebody who's really into yeah. it and they talk about it on their channels and stuff. Go check them out because yep. they definitely will talk. You'll find out how to play. You'll you'll see if it's something that is in your alley too or your lane. And thinking of uh, uh, like power gamers, I was thinking mm -hmm. I was like, well, Call of Cthulhu. Like, do you, would you really have like a power gamer thing or or things like that? But yeah, I don't know. when I was there, they were actively talking about like, well, in this edition, we could take uh, you could take hindrances. And so it's like, oh, uh, things like um, I am, I, I think uh, uh, OpenD6 does this, where you could th say things like, uh, I'm incredibly old. And that would give mm -hmm. you extra points to put into other things because you're taking this um, downgrade, I guess. Mm -hmm. Or like, I have bad eyesight, so I'm going to take this downgrade and do this. And the, But you get extra points to put otherwhere. And, and the way she was describing it, she's like, you can take all of these really negative things so that you're like really swingy. Like, I'm, I can almost always do this thing, but I'm going to fail at this every single time. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, okay, so we're power gaming it. Mm -hmm. I was like, well... It, okay like it just feels weird to power game call of cthulhu but like she really liked the idea of playing this like i don't know paraplegic psychic or something <laughs> like and so you have sure. these like superpowers but you can't walk and it's like okay uh it was kind of interesting but i had a blast it's been a lot of fun meeting new people and playing games and uh that group is getting really big especially on the discord people are like oh my gosh and so, and I'm going to be running Dutcher Call Classics for him soon. So that'll be a lot of fun. And that's that Friday night. Um, is that the Friday night pickup? Game yeah, it's like every other Friday is like they get together to play. Yeah. How many people would you say show up now that they've kind of been doing this for just a little bit? Because I think oh, we started gosh. talking about it a month or two ago. It's like, is it like, you know, 20 people, 50? Um, I'm, try I'm trying to count the number of games we had. I think they had five or six games. Majority of them are D and D, and you probably have like five or six people at a table. So yeah, right. like sixty, you know, forty maybe. Who knows? So, That's very good. Very, yeah. very good. I wish my my gaming company. Would well, and I just think a lot of store. like he he advertises it on like Meetup.com and Facebook, mm -hmm. and so there's these yeah. different avenues. Like we show up, and people are like, "Or are you on the Discord?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, because like so and so's not. They found it out on Facebook." And I was like, "Oh." And uh, the organizer, you know, God bless him, is the, he's organizing it all for free just because he loves the game and right. he wants to get people to play games. But I was like, if there mm -hmm. wasn't him, this would not be happening. Yeah, there's so. always that catalyst, right? There's yeah. always that person with that drive to bring people together. Um, but it's really cool. If you're looking for a local group, it's like you can kind of play with people. And then it's kind of like what I was doing with Adventure League where I was like, oh, yeah, you're cool. And you, I wonder <laughs> if I can get these guys to come play a game with me. So. Uh, yeah. but it's fun. And I, it's exactly what I wanted to do where I wanted to try new games. And then I was telling them about Mecha hack the or the Mecha goons that I wrote. And they were like, I want to try that out. So now we're going to have like a Mecha goons night and that should be a lot of fun. So yeah. So awesome. I really like it. Um, and then, yeah, speaking of, of Mecha goons, I've been writing that and I've been rewriting Tolv a little bit and we're going to release Mecha goons here shortly for free for playtesting. Um, so go to, I think it's jordan.itch.io, itch.jordan.io. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, jordan.itch.io. Uh, 
um, and follow that page. And then um, I'm going to release the play test there. It should be a lot of fun. And we can, you can try it out. If you're not on the Patreon, you probably have already seen Mechagoon stuff. But if you're, if you want to just go there, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then I guess we're just kind of talking about our games because we've been playing lots of games and stuff. But also, yeah. uh, my friend is, it's his birthday today. And all he wanted for his birthday was a level 21 shot. So What's your friend, we should say happy birthday. Though. Yeah, happy birthday, Matt. There you we, go, Matt. It's happy funny. Happy birthday from so, the show. Uh, I have I have many mats in my life, and so uh, this is we always call him Dancer Matt because he I met him because he was doing swing dancing in the same studio that my wife was doing swing dancing, and then he turned out to be a huge nerd, and we like bonded over RPGs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he's Dancer Matt, but it's his birthday today. Dancer very, Matt, and uh, we found a, a a dungeon master and he got all of the people he wanted to play games with together. So it's like me and a couple mm-hmm. other of his friends and uh, his daughter and like just people that are like, yeah, yeah we're just really want to play games and a specific type of game too. Yeah. yeah he going. wants to play. Yeah. He wants, he's like, I just want to fight like a lich or a dragon. I want like a level. I want to be at level 20 or, or high level and have this experience. So we're mm-hmm. supposed to make uh, characters that we've always wanted to play, but probably never will be kind of a thing. And so I made my, uh, I made a death cleric of Orcus. Um, and so my name is going to be Ford, Ford Orcus, which is going to be fun. And we're going to, uh, I don't know. I don't know the adventure. Like I'm, we're going in blind, but yeah, uh, I'm going to, I asked if I could have like relics and or or artifacts and stuff and he was like yeah yeah whatever i don't care and so i gave myself the wand of orcus and so i'm gonna be a a death cleric of orcus carrying around the wand of orcus i'm very excited should be fun should have given myself like the hand of of vecna or something yeah yeah i have the eye (laughs) that would be fun to be like a wizard well that'll be my next level 21 shot i'll be a a (laughs) wizard with the the eye of vecna or something yeah very cool the assembled rod yeah so uh, I'll let you guys know how that goes next week, but I'm going to go literally to uh, the game store for a free RPG day, then come home, eat lunch, and then go do this one shot for like, I think it's, or the party, the whole party is going to be like five hours or six hours or something. So we're just going to play games and eat snacks and it'll be a lot of fun. Well, Dancer Matt sounds like he's going to have a great time. You yeah. should do something like that for your birthday. For, I should. For should. Jordan's friend. We What is, but what would Jordan's name be if we've got dancer Matt, he must have a name for Jordan, something Jordan. So what <laughs> Oh, I think it's just Jordan, but uh, okay. <laughs> he always uh, he hasn't met Oliver yet, so he always says like, "Oh, this like fabled son of yours, like this child that doesn't exist." I see sure. pictures of him on Facebook, but yes, I don't think he's a parent. <laughs> yeah. And he's come over for games a couple times. Like we played uh, a couple DCC games together. And he and he's like, so your kid? I'm like, well, he's in bed. He's asleep. It's nine o'clock. And he's like, oh, I don't think he exists. So <laughs> gives you the wink. Yeah, yeah sure like, he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, that's awesome. Um, but super cool guy. <laughs> and we played D and D a couple times back in the day. But he's also just busy, and so it never works out. So this was like, one of the things like where he's like, let's go play. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited. Uh, what about you, Lucian? What have you been playing working on? So, yeah, we played... Uh, we're still in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. We're going to make it all the way through. I've never... You know, this is that first time to go through some crazy, epic dungeon delve that's taken more than a year, I think, at this point. But, you know, we've created... or We have finished a couple of modules all together. So we, we did, you know, Tomb of Annihilation. We did uh, Waterdeep Heist. And so we went through all of those with Dungeon of the Mad Mage is its own beast, right? It's like, it's a long slog through. But we got to a really cool level that is a, and we always do spoilers on here, so sorry if you guys are okay there. But most of you will quit that Dungeon of the Mad Mage before you get this far down anyways. Because <laughs> um, we're at like level 17. I've never been at level 17 in any of my that's characters. That's crazy. It's super cool. Um, a vampire level that's been actually cool. And we were talking after the session because even our... Danimal, our dungeon master from down under, our Australian dungeon master, he was like, you know, we've got lots of levels where there's things going on. It's maybe mostly just kind of, there's this group of things here, and either they attack you, or you attack them, or you negotiate with them. And there's not a big story behind what's going on there. It's just like, they they maybe they just live here, and you guys are bumping into each other. 
this one actually has kind of like there's a as you're going through the level we're being bombarded by these memories of somebody we don't know and we're mm -hmm. all experiencing these things of this person and we're trying to figure out a little bit i mean you could ignore it because it's just happening or you could kind of engage with it and we're like really engaging with well who is this what is going on who's this person who's they who are they talking to what's happening is like that's going through all of this and we thought this was a really good level to kind of showcase what um makes dungeons and dragons great because yes there's we're fighting some vampires yes we're we're learning about this story as we go and it's slowly unraveling we're getting to play our characters and uh it, it was just a really it kind of reminded us of exactly why you'd want to keep getting down to this 17th level and why you wouldn't have given up yet you'd miss this if you'd given up on this you know you wouldn't you wouldn't get to see this so we um it's been really cool and oh we picked up one thing that always excites me is cool magic items um, apparently a sword hilt with a dragon as part of the motif of it has been found on the floor. And obviously any type of sword hilt that's described by the dungeon master is never just going to be normal because why would they describe just a normal? So we don't know what it is yet. So we're super excited to find out what this is. We found some other, uh, one of our characters has a sentient sword. So that's kind of made its way into the game. And that's been a lot of fun. Um, we've had uh, mine. We've had custom magic items made by the dungeon master to fit the theme of our characters, so that it kind of enhances the thing that we want to do with our characters. So that's been really cool. And just as we're going through, we're really hitting every stage of like a dungeon and dragon game that you would want. Like we're getting to hit big monsters that were in monster books that maybe we flipped through and we looked at the pictures, but we never got to play against them. And now we're getting to play against those kinds of things. Um, it's really good. And I and I think we've still got, you know, several more levels to go at this point, but it's been really fun to play at this high level. Um, do go against creatures we haven't seen before yeah. or different mechanics. And a lot of new mechanics are coming out. In the lower levels, you get this thing hits you, you hit it back kind of things because you are squishy, so it can't be too crazy. But now we get things that are like it hits you and, oh, roll a D6 and that's how much strength you lose. Oh, you got hit again. Roll another d6, and that's how much more strength you lose. Yeah. Like, oh, you you lost all your intelligence. You didn't make your, you know, the the intellect devourer has gotten yeah. you. He, you know, it destroyed one of our characters. Uh, so that's happened. We fought the illithids. You know, we fought these. We've we've fought Githyanki, and then ended up working with the Githyanki. You know, we've you know, there's all kinds of Umber Hulks and all this other stuff that just keeps coming up. That's like, oh, these are all cool creatures that we wanted to uh, to fight. So really cool. I'm excited. Um, that's the game that we play on Thursday nights. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. You know, straight 5e. Definitely a power gamer session. Definitely we're all min-maxing and taking feats to, to totally, you know, like really tweak our characters. But our Dungeon Master is having a lot of fun with it. The other cool thing that he talked about, too, is because he's taken two groups. He's His home group went through this whole thing before us. And we were coming through about, you know, a month behind them. So he's getting to see it from how his home group handled all the things and then how our group handles all the things. And then like he was telling us that their group, the home group went one different way and it ended up putting them right at the bad boss, bad guy. And they missed all the story elements or they found them backwards from what the way we're, oh, going. Like, okay. we're finding all these little elements and it's leading up to something we just happened to go right and it was totally random we picked right they went left or whatever yeah. and the way they did it and interacted with the level was totally different than how we're interacting with the level so that's something that i always think the i like to mention and, and try to say to your dungeon masters your game masters you know remember that your players really do kind of affect no matter what you design or what you lay out you know we always tell you you can't the plan always you know, is good right up until that first contact and then the plan's out the, out the door. Right. Players always affect it. But if you play two groups, they will go at your same adventure differently. And they can, it can happen completely different and they can have different ways to go after it. So, you know, don't be afraid to reuse some of those other things or think, oh, I don't want to use that again because this group did this and it was too easy and I won't use that again. Well, try it on another group and see if, if yeah. maybe this other group has much harder time. And that's what he's... Bonus is some things we blow through quickly 
And other times we struggle with something, but his home group blew through that quickly. And then sometimes that group struggles with something else. So it was yeah. really interesting. The importance of play testing, because if you write an adventure, it could have drastically yeah, different scenarios with the different groups, you know? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think we've talked about this before, but I always love the idea of maybe like a large world, but I'm running a, a game in the top right corner of the continent and I'm running another game in the bottom left corner of the continent and, you know, like, oh, I hear about war in the West. Well, oh, those guys are in that war. And so it'd be kind of fun to do something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something else I wanted to. So, uh, oh, go ahead. I'll let you finish. Sorry. Oh, and well, that was that was the games I've been playing. The other thing I just I've been diving into Diablo 4 quite a bit. Um, a great game. Oh, he just palm things. I'm out of focus right <laughs> here. So I had to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, one thing I would I will say is, boy, there's a lot of really cool inspiration that as I'm playing the game, I'm thinking about, oh, this would work really cool in my next tabletop roleplay, you know, my next yeah. adventure, my next encounter I run. I'm like, oh, I really like how this thing worked out. I want to work something like that into my game. The, I find it can be something that has a lot of inspiration in it if you're if you're playing it out there. Um, so it's been really fun, really engaging stories. So I like that too. So those are the big things I've been doing besides all of the traveling and yeah. fighting in armor and doing medieval reenactment stuff that has consumed my summers so far. So yeah. that's, that's what Lucian has been doing. So <laughs> that's so fun. Um, so you had a, you had a thought, you had a thing. Yeah. What did it was that? What were we talking about? It's gone I should, now. I should have let you go. I should have <laughs> let you go. I'm sorry. You said you're going to have a question. Well, um, Oh, just, uh, and, rerunning, rerunning the same adventure. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about that because uh, mm-hmm. I reran um, hot, the Dark of Hot Springs Island, and it was a really rewarding experience to mm-hmm. rerun that. And I felt it's kind of like when you run un- the the same, not the same uh, adventure, but the same game. Like the first time you run D and D, you're like, ah, and now I feel very comfortable running D and D. When I reran. Uh, Dark of Hot Springs Island, I'm like, oh yeah, I know how this is supposed to work and things like that. And even though it was a different system, it was still the same world. And that was a lot of fun to just be like, oh yeah, I know how this works. And so um, it just felt familiar and fun, I guess, as opposed to I got to create a whole new Mm -hmm. something every single time, kind of crazy like that. So yeah, lots of fun. Yeah. And don't expect it for it to be the same. It'll really, and that's the thing, yeah. Characters and different players will really just changed the whole thing for yeah. you so i mean we ran your dragon on the mount a couple of times which was the adventure you created mm-hmm. and get over at um uh, it's on uh Dra- dm's guild yeah on dm's guild it's on dm's guild yep dm's guild and you know different people did different things in that sometimes they figured out the thing sometimes they didn't figure out what the thing was you know so it's just it was really cool to to do that and i have done that with the revenor thing i was running multiple groups out of the same town and they would hear rumors about things that the other groups had either triggered or done. And so I would mention that to the other group that would say, oh, this, you know, oh, we heard uh, somebody said they, they a group's lost and they haven't been found, you know, or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. oh, there's been rumors that the, a ruin has been uncovered somewhere. I wonder what that's about. And they're hearing it in the bar. And I always had the, the one tavern is where all the groups came back and met up so that they could. Um, oh, one thing that I did that I thought was really fun is the table in the tavern there's one big large table and the groups have agreed that they are mapping out this new land that nobody's been to and they're carving it physically out on the table. So as the adventurers come back and and regroup and drink and share their stories, they're carving out the map of the surrounding areas and they can go to that and say, Oh, looks like somebody here put something crazy, a graveyard symbol or or something. Let's go check. Then the tavern owner comes back and like my table, what are you doing? (laughs) Who agreed to the, who's paying for this? uh yeah so fun well that's our show guys go check out uh free rpg day and let me know what you guys got down in the in the comments below like what was the oh my gosh i'm so excited that i got there to grab this you know uh i'm a sucker Mm -hmm. for all the dcc stuff so i'm gonna head over there and grab um at least the dcc adventure because that's really fun uh Mm -hmm. and then dcc day is in july the uh end of july i think and so you'll be able to pick up lots more stuff there as well. Um, 
AJ, super cool to see you in chat. It's hey, been AJ. fun. Yeah, it's really cool that you were able to hang out. Um, I want to say again, thanks, Moa Peach, for being um, a member for uh, 15 months in a row. Holy cow. Good job. Uh, I think AJ yeah. has a Kickstarter going for battle mats. He I don't does. know if it's completed. He might be able to say in chat. Yeah. Because that's still going AJ? successful too, but I know he was doing one for really cool battle mats. Um, he loves to encourage table play too. Yeah. He'll probably type it in. If I make you a moderator here shortly, I think you can uh, post a, a, link a link in if you want to, AJ. That'd be awesome. And I can put it down yeah. there. But yeah, he did, he's been doing silicone battle mats, which are uh, kind of is baffling why other companies don't not more do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's got 39 days to go. Um, oh, and they don't stain like regular battle maps. You can use yeah. a bunch of different colors on them. They mm -hmm. uh, fold up, and when they unfold, they're completely flat. They don't have wrinkles and stuff. So, yeah, go check it out. Yeah, he just put the link yeah. in there, so go check it out um, right. for sure. The silicone battle mats. 38 days to go, <laughs> uh, a little under halfway. So, yeah, get them all the way, guys. That'd be awesome. This is They're really cool. Yeah, they're tell so all cool. your friends. Tell your friends. And with that, uh, <laughs> we will depart and i will see you guys i think you're out we are next off week. to our game stores <laughs> yeah yeah we're off to our game stores we'll uh be yes, back next I week i think be doing a medieval yeah so i'm gonna try and find a guest so host next for week. Yeah. next week uh and yeah should be a lot of fun so we'll see you guys uh next next time on the saturday morning D, &D show take care everybody